to the Call by God podcast with Andy Godin and myself, Nixon Sylvain. This show is about dialogues of biblical characters and testimonies of Christians who submitted to the will of God. Each week, we'll bring on one guest so that they can share their story of how they were called by God. I hope this show inspires you. Enjoy. Hello and welcome, world, to the Call by God podcast. I'm yours truly, Nixon Sylvain, and I'm here with Adney Godin. Sister Godin, how are you doing on this blessed, blessed day? Brother Nick, I, I'm so sorry, Brother Nick. I am blessed. <laughs> I am blessed by Amen. the best. I cannot complain. Um, I'm just super, I'm super blessed. Um you know, there are challenges that you go through daily trying to figure out, you know, your calling and what God is, you know, taking me through and to, and it's just trusting him through the process. So that's where I'm at. How are you doing? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I don't think I mentioned this. Um, I finally, finally finished school. I'm done. I got my degree. And you remember Adney, you, <laughs> y'all should have seen Adney. Woo-hoo. Adney's like, woo. Adney, um, I don't know if you recall, but you know, when we initially started the podcast, that was around the same time that I decided to go back to school. And I I said to myself, like, man, um, man, I'm going to have a lot on my plate uh, to be running a business and to, you know, do this podcast and and now school. But I could tell you what, Adney, by the grace of God, I don't take no credit by the grace of the almighty God, I made it through. So I'm I'm thankful and I'm blessed. But, you know, I want to thank our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. I always give praise and honor and glory unto him because without him, this would not even be possible. And also, we want to thank all of our listeners. And I, I, Andy, I don't think we say this enough. Um, listeners, please, we ask you, you guys, because, you know, it is because of you guys that we have this this passion, this innate passion. Um. Jeremiah says, like, fire that shut up in my bones. Like, I just can't stop, right? We encourage you to please go on our website, www.callbygodpodcast.com. Please go on there and leave us a review. Uh, also, you know, after you leave a review, please share the podcast with coworkers, colleagues. I think they're the same, right? Coworkers, colleagues, friends, family members, enemies, frenemies, share the podcast. Trust me. If it's not, if if it's not blessing you, it's going to be a blessing to somebody else. So, Sister Godin, this is going to be a part two episode of Isaac. I'm excited about this episode. Actually, I, I'm excited. Why? Because let's say he's going to hook up with his wifey. <laughs> but before we go to the Isaac episode, <laughs> what's the what's the word for today, Sister? The word for today is Proverbs 21, and it reads. The king's heart is like a stream of water directed by the Lord. He guides it wherever he pleases. And I've heard people say, oh, you know, they're not Christians because just to have a God that entraps or enslaves them is not good. But to me, to have God directing my steps because he created me, he knows everything about me. I would rather him lead and guide me in every single way. So 
For those of you who don't believe that it's right for God to guide you, more power to you. Um, but just know whenever you're making those mistakes, that's because you're out of tune and out of alignment with the Lord. But those of you who know that being in alignment with God is the best thing for you, you'll continue to just shut up and let him lead and guide you where he needs you to go. Because the gifts that are in you, they come from him anyways. Amen. And you know what, Adney? Look, we don't know any better. You know, I always tell people this. I say humans, we are fragile. So so we think we're we're strong, but let something bad happen. That's when we cry cry aloud to God. And that's the danger, Adney, of sin. That's the the danger, like what Adam and Eve did to humanity. I mean, it, it caused havoc, right? And that's what makes us appreciate Jesus Christ because what sin did, sin make us think that we got it all together. Like sin says, like, you don't need God. Um, you, you're your own God. You, you know, follow your own ways, do your own thing. But God is like, no, no, I, I want to give you my wisdom and knowledge and understanding. But sin is like, no, don't, don't do it. So that's the power of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ came just so we could, you know, reconcile that life, that relationship back with him so we could follow his ways and not our own. So I like that. So look, this is what we're going to do, Addy. So for, for part two, we're going to get right into it with our dear brother, Brother Smith. How y'all doing? Hey, Brother Daryl. Good. 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 Amen, amen. Amen. So I, I'm excited. I'm excited to talk about Isaac. We are still talking about the promised child. You know, every time I think about Isaac, I have to think about my son. You know, because of the the miracle, my son is considered a miracle child, the promised child. So it's always a, a blessing to talk about Isaac. I'm excited to talk about it because um, I love how his father um, basically told his servant, "Look, none of these women here, they can't marry my son. I need you to go back <laughs> to my peoples and find him a wife." But the most amazing thing is when the servant said, "When." Whoever does X, Y, and Z is the one I know you've chosen for him. And then he went to that well and Rebecca did X, Y, and Z. Asked him, you know, can you know, he asked her for some water. She gave it to him and she said, I will also water your camel. And he gave her the gold. And go ahead, Brother Darrell. I just I just love that part. <laughs> no, I, you know what? I, I would I would echo the same sentiments uh as as uh, my dear sister. Um, you know, just the the uh, way in which Abraham sort of took charge uh, with that, realizing that Isaac is the promised child. You understand what I'm saying? Like the promise. And, and I find it interesting because, you know, Abraham sort of took um, the, well, let me not say sort of, he took the wrong approach before, you know, with the whole idea of, you know, receiving a promised child. You know, he got involved with Hagar and then Ishmael came about. And so now that, you know, he's gone through this this faith journey with God and, you know, Isaac being, you know, the foreshadowing of Christ and the sacrifice, you know, after the fact now, you know, at that point, God says, okay, Abraham, now I know, you understand that, uh, you know, you riding, you know, I'm paraphrasing, you know, God says, Abraham, now I know you're riding with me. 
And so there, there's growth there. There's maturation there with Abraham. And then for him to take that this approach with Isaac being the promised child, you know, uh, in terms of him getting a wife and, you know, so on and so forth. You know, I thought that was kind of interesting. So I'll let you go ahead and take it right here, Nate. Uh, I would imagine we're going we gonna to read some scripture here. Yeah, yeah. So um, our scripture will be coming from uh, Genesis chapter 24. But this is what I want to say. Um, the Bible says he uh, that finds uh, a wife, finds a, a good thing and obtains uh, favor from the Lord. So, you know, of course, you know, Isaac uh, being a promised child and um, kind of like what you guys touched on. Um, and we know through uh, history, you know, it was... Um, it was a custom for them to have prearranged marriages. So we talk about in, ver- in chapter 23, um, Sarah died. Um, uh, last time I checked, Sarah died in, in 24. Abraham is a, at an old age. But uh, Abraham, so Abraham stricken in age, you know, his, his wife already went on to glory. And, and, you know, and what I like what Isaac did, and, and that's every father. And Dare, you probably could appreciate this, you know. Every parent want their their child to to stick to a godly covenant. You know, want want them their child to marry someone godly, um, someone that's uh, close in relation in relationship with God. Um, that's why he told you know he told his servant like, hey, um, please um, don't pick a wife uh, for my son who lives in the land of Canaan. <laughs> go go back go back to to my 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 family's house. Go back to where I came from and uh, select a wife for him. And the thing is what I find quite interesting, even just reading when I was reading chapter 24, uh, it's Abraham selecting um, Isaac's spouse for him. And I sometimes wonder, like, if we would have been in, in and, you know, of course, I got to make it really relatable uh, to what's going on now. Um, And that goes to show the importance of a father. You know, I know this episode is about Isaac, but I'm talking about the importance of a father. How the father said, like, hey, I, I want what's right for my son. And this is what I found interesting. Obviously, when um when um Isaac seen his wife, and, and we could we're gonna get to that. When Isaac seen his wife, you know, <laughs> he knew exactly that was his wife. It's kind of like he had that, he had that Adam experience. I mean, yeah, it don't say war man, like, whoa, this is war man, <laughs> the bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. But we could tell, like, when she had that veil on, he he automatically knew. Like yeah, that's that's me right there. That's me right there. That's why I know that that when a man sees a woman, um, he knows that's his wife. I was talking to somebody about that. I said when a, when a dude lay his eyes on a woman, he knows automatically, innately in him, like yeah, that's that's my wife right there. No, nobody don't have to tell him nothing because she was a far she was a far distance with a veil on her face, and he knew yeah yeah that's me right there. And this is what I found that was interesting. I know I probably was being around it, but let me hurry up and get to it. Isaac uh, was 40 years old. You know, so you look at it in modern time, right? Oh, yeah, you 40 years old living with your parents' house? Think about that. 2022, if a, a good man, a good godly man, taking care of his, his pops, taking care of mom, but as soon as he probably meet a woman in this day and age, oh, you still stay with your parents? You're a loser. They'll consider, oh, you 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 a loser. Who like I'm independent. I I got all this. Look at it. I got all this going on. So that's why I I like how the Bible highlighted that. 
this dude, not only they're under a covenant, a godly covenant, but they also pointed out his age, that he was 40 years old living with his daddy's house, at his parents' house. Who's that? Look, Brother Nick, I'm sorry. I got to say something there because that's powerful. Like you said, most women would have looked at him at like a loser, but some men are losers. I'm sorry. Ooh, <laughs> they ain't okay. staying there <laughs> because they, you know, they taking care of mama and daddy. They staying there because they ain't doing nothing with their lives. Like for real, for real. You ask them any type of question, they don't have nothing going for them. Like they literally the scrub. <laughs> so it's not that women, you know, don't understand that. Like, uh, like a woman like me, I'm going to be so honest. If a man is home living with his parents, caring for his parents, that's honorable to me. Yeah. That is extremely so, so, Adam, honorable to me. So from a woman, what's your ideal age for a man that you consider a man to be successful? Uh, what is success what, though? Yeah. What, what, that that's the thing society has told us success is he has a degree he has a house he has a, a loaded bank account but one thing i've learned is to me is the success of god do people really honor this man like if i go out with him and people see him they're like wow this man right here he did x y and z to me that's success after learning that the success of God is what's important, what's in his bank account, that man can't take that with him. Yeah, but Eddie. but when you think about think about this, brother Nick, when a person passes away and you're at their funeral and people are standing up and they're standing room only, that's success. Yeah, the reason that's why success. I brought that up, Adney, I, I have to share this, and that you made some some good points, and this is real good. So your Isaac episode is going to be good. Cause it, you know why the age sticks out to me, Adney, and I'm gonna tell you why. Um, when I was in my, I was the last person to leave my my um, auntie's house, the last boy. You know, um, it was a whole gang of us, six boys and and another three cousins. So you talk about it was like eight, nine of us in the house. So all of them start having like baby mamas, and they started leaving the house one by one, one by one, one by one. And then I gave my life to the Lord at the age of 28 years old. So, but prior to that, at the age of 22, 23, it was a woman. She was like, Nick, you know, um, you've been years out of school. We're dating. Let's move out. And then at the time she had a child. And I'm like, look, I don't want to move out because you're not my wife. And, and, and at that time, you know, in the world, I had the mindset like, man, if I hook up with this girl, if I live with her, chances are we're going to have more kids. And she's not my wife. So I decided, and over, of course, over the years, I dated multiple women and they, some of them wanted me to move in with them. They're like, dude, like you 25 years old, live with your auntie. Like you 27 years old, live with your auntie. You 28, 29. I got saved at 28. And then I got married at 31. So, you know, that's why I say in, in this day, and I know you pointed out it's only some men, but I was 31 years old when I moved out. So it's not like I was a loser. I was taking care of my aunt. I was doing what I needed to do and I was doing all the right things. But I, I guess at 31 years old, like, oh, you st uh, still live with your aunt. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> like, you all got your own place by now. <laughs> so that's why I brought that up. But that's what I'm saying. That is society's yeah. definition, right? If if my son, right. if my son wanted Haitians, let me bring this up because a lot of people don't know. A Haitian will hold on to their children until they see that they are ready to leave the house. 
parents, stop kicking y'all kids out at 18. Stop. Especially if you didn't teach them. (laughs) Stop kicking them out at 18. They are babies. They do not even understand their nose from their face yet. You're kicking them out, telling them they're 18 because society says they're an adult. They are not adults. And I'm asking the government on this call, please change the age of adulthood because 18 does not make these children grown. Yeah, let me let me let me just chime in here and just say, I think uh, there's a lot of things that the government should not be a part of. Uh, (laughs) And I'll just be honest with you. Um, I think what's what's glaring here is the the contrast between, you know, uh, then with our very own text, Abraham and, of course, Isaac. And then we're we're trying to make that uh that compare and contrast with you know uh, present present day uh, circumstances and and there's some glaring differences there. You understand um, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at this point they are not the nation of Israel. They're 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 a tribe at this point, and they're you know there's certain cultural things that have to come into play. Uh, where is Isaac going to move out to? They still trying to get this thing together. And you got to remember, God is still working his plan. Isaac is the promise. You understand what I'm saying? So I think it's so very crucial and, and, and so very important that Abraham takes the position that he does at the beginning of chapter 24, where he's, you know, setting things in order. Like, listen, um, I need a woman from here for my son, Isaac. Why? Because he's the promise. And not only is he the promise, he's going to pass down the promise. You understand what I'm saying? It's totally different from today. Today's uh, uh, day and time. Today's day and time, so Adney, you know, so eloquently pointed out, you know, we have society, we have the government, we have, you know, the social fabric of today redefining things. And that's a problem. You understand? Um, we have to get back to, you know, uh, the, the, the fundamental, um, the fundamental standards that God had in place before you understand, um, the government should not determine, you know, uh, things like when, uh, a son or a daughter, uh, should move out. They really shouldn't be responsible and hear hear me what I'm saying. I'm trying I'm trying not to go off off rails, but I think all this stuff is sort of connected since we go on that we're making this point. I don't I don't think the government should be making major decisions with regards to our education. Why do I need the government to tell me what to teach my children? You, you do y'all understand what I'm saying? Um God has told us, the parents, we are responsible for our children. But a lot of times you have the government, people relying on the government and and relying on these systems of today to to manage them and to guide them. And it's like, nah, you know, that's why, you know, when uh, my sister says, stop kicking, kicking the kids out. At 18, that's that struck a chord with me because I'm like, it's exactly, especially since we didn't teach them, we didn't teach your child, you know, your child how to be uh, responsible, how to take initiative and ambition. You didn't prepare them, right? 
and, you know, transparent moment here. Uh, that was me. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, when I graduated high school, I'm like, okay, what's the next step? Go to college. What's that? How do, how do I do that? Like, like what's the process? I don't know that. You, you understand what I'm saying? Not, not I'm equipped in the scriptures. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? Just being transparent. And, you know, I'm, and, and when we are transparent like this, you know, we're not, I'm not, I'm certainly not trying to, you know, cast aspersions on my parents or things of that nature, but, um, you know, me, my siblings, we were not prepared. And then when you get out there, uh, and, and, and you have to do real life. Yeah. It's a whole bunch of trial and error. You, you get what I'm saying? But, um, yeah, two, two, two glaring differences in terms of the comparing contrast. Um, you know, uh, Abraham is, is, is definitely 100% uh, in line with God's purpose and with a promise and uh, Isaac as well. And, and let me say this about Isaac, because Isaac, I mean, from the moment he's a child all the way up until this point, I mean, he's just in line and, and there's no pushback from him. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I mean, this this brother, you know, and, and, and I have to go back to, you know, uh, the sacrifice. You know, he's marching up that hill with his daddy and, you know, father, listen, we got the wood. We got the, you know, we got a fire. Where, where Where's the sacrifice? You know, and Abraham tells him, listen, God will provide for himself a sacrifice. And there is nowhere in scripture where we see Isaac just pushing back. There's just obedience there, right? That's why he is such a, a wonderful foreshadow of the Christ, right? Isaac has to bring the wood up and he is going to be the sacrifice. Well, Jesus had to walk up Calvary's hill with his own cross, right? And then, you know, the old adage we say, he never said a mumbling word, right? Obedience. And here it is even now with Isaac in chapter 24, you know, with regards to having a wife, Abraham is taking the lead and, you know, saying this, saying that X, Y, Z. And I don't see no pushback from Isaac. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Thank you for making it midway through this episode. We want to take a moment to sincerely thank each and every one of you who have been supporting our show. Your encouragement and positive feedback mean the world to us. We want to continue to bring you inspiring and thought-provoking content each week, and that's where we need your help. We kindly ask you to support our podcast by clicking on the link provided in the description below. Your support will enable us to grow, reach a wider audience, and continue to produce the quality content you enjoy. We truly appreciate your support and value your contribution to the Call by God podcast. Together, let's inspire and uplift others in their faith journey. Thank you once again for your continued support, and we look forward to bringing you more enlightening episodes in the future. God bless. Yeah, Isaac is that child that every parent wants. You know, you know growing, up with a, growing up with a, a lot of brothers. You know, Addy, you know this. Like when Haitian parents hook up with other Haitian parents, they always like to boast uh, about their child. The good ones, though. The good ones. <laughs> that's every hey, hey, that's every parent. Oh, that's every parent. <laughs> that's so, so the thing is, this is what I want our listeners to, uh, you know, glean from Isaac's story. And yes, you know, 
I want them to understand you. You, I like how you pointed that out, um, brother Daryl. I like how you pointed out his his obedience, and that's why I, I, I like. That's how I say I know the Holy Spirit's work because that's why I was about to go like his obedience, like to um suppress his own will to say, you know what, I'm gonna take heed to what my father's about to do about the sacrifice, and even um as it relates to his wife, and again to be 40 years old to take in. Instructions from an old man. How many of us will be li- listen to our old dad? It'd be like, Dad, man, you don't know nothing, man. Dad, like, this is twenty twenty two, Dad. Like, come on, Dad. You 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 don't got no wisdom, Dad. Come, you don't know what's going on. So it it shows you that yes, we could make that correlation to what's going on as it relates to Isaac and his father. Because I know dudes that don't listen to their daddy. I mean, I'm not talking about a foolish dad. I'm talking about a dad that got some sense. Like, say, young man. You know, I've I been there about 20, 30 years ago. I don't want you to go down the road. And do these dudes be like, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. It's 2022. You don't be seeing all this stuff on social media. You ain't even hip to all that t- technology. So it, it helps me as a reader to uh, appreciate Isaac, you know, for his obedience to his dad, like as you mentioned, um, Smith. But I want to read a scripture um, in uh, Genesis, uh, Genesis 24, uh, 23. Genesis, well, actually 63. It says, and this is when the servant was coming back with a Isaac gift. <laughs> Isaac gift. So, <laughs> you know, I got to call it a gift, right? See, see, Daryl, he like husband and wife conversations. Yeah, Darryl, he like that. Yeah, we could, because that's, that's God's gift to yeah, me. <laughs> yes, sir. So, so here's you Isaac, right? <laughs> and and I, I got to appreciate this about Isaac. So it says, and Isaac went out. Uh, to meditate in the field at the eventide. And he lifted up his eyes and he saw and behold, the camels were coming. And Rebecca, it's like what? They made eye contact and Rebecca lifted up her eyes. And when she saw Isaac, uh, she she, uh, lightened off the camel. And for she said unto the servant, what man is this that walketh in the field to meet us? And the servant has said, it is my master. Therefore, she took her veil and covered herself. And the servant told Isaac all things that he had done. And Isaac brought her, that's verse twenty sixty seven. And Isaac brought her into his mother's Sarah's tent and took Rebekah. And she became his wife and loved her. And Isaac was Comforted uh, after his mother's death. So, Adam, you want to talk more about this? Because I know we talked about him taking his bride, his gift to his mother's house. Okay. So, my son and I had an amazing connection, right? Like, that that's my baby. Don't get it twisted. My daughter is my baby, too. But there is a connection with a son and a mom. And losing his mom... And her not being there to meet, you know, his new bride, to me, to me, I'm not saying this is scriptural, that him taking her into the tent was a symbolism of allowing his mom to be a part of their marriage. Like, you're not here to witness it. So um, let's let let me do this. And, And he like just literally and he said he was comforted, you know, after the passing of his mom. Like his wife became like not only his wife, but she became a comfort zone for him. 
Um, and I have to say this, I'm not a married woman, but I am learning that men desire peace from their wife, their desire comfort when they need comforting. Don't be telling that man he need to stop crying. If he need to cry, let that man cry. Just put just put your arms around him and let him cry on your shoulders, please. Because uh, society says men are not supposed to cry. But I, if, if I'm reminded, it said the Lord was grieved. It said Jesus, you know, wept. So men are allowed to shed tears. Okay. Let these men shed their tears and just put your arms around them and comfort them. The same way you comfort your son when he comes to you talking about some mommy, I'm hurt. Think about your husband when he's crying. Okay. Cause your, your son is going to be somebody's husband one day. So my take is more on a uh, verse uh, 63 when it says Isaac went out and he meditate. And when you look at the word meditate is to, to think deeply or to focus on one's mind for a period of time. Um, it's, it's more, uh, pondering, thinking, considering, revolving, just deliberating, just, he was in his zone, right? And possibly he probably wasn't in a conversation with God. Um, he probably was in a conversation with God. So, um, and maybe, maybe just maybe, I mean, this is just speculation and maybe he was just, just praying and lo, lo and behold, his answered, answered prayer is immediately when he opened his eyes, there, there go his answered prayer, right? Um, but it may his wife probably may not been in his prayer, but it's just the thought that uh, he's uh, you know exemplifying and showing um, godly godly characteristics. You know he's uh, as the servant is coming. It's not like he's clubbing. I'm putting it in modern term. <laughs> it's not like he's clubbing. He's partying. He's hanging out. He's in a place where uh, he's having devotion. He's in a, in a place where um, prayer, uh, he's doing things that that shows a, a godly, what godly folks do, Adney. And, and that's what I, I appreciate about Isaac. And again, like Daryl said, he's like that obedient child that, you know, don't didn't give his parents any pushback. And I like the, how you highlighted, Adney, that um, his wife comforted him. So I, 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 I sometimes, now that you mentioned, I'm saying like, wow, this, he was troubled? Was he troubled prior to his wife? Like, it's like as though like God knew that he needed her for that comfort. Because we know that God comforts. We know that. We know that God comforts now. But at the same time, we know the power of a woman. Um, let me take that back. Brother Daines would say, we know the power of a wife power of a wife. So I, I like that in uh I liked it in Isaac. And that's what I want our listeners to get, even Isaac um selecting his well Isaac didn't select his wife. I, I look at it, it was like a spiritual selection because the servant prayed. The servant prayed for Isaac wife. So it's not like the servant just select a random chick. <laughs> or should I say a random woman? <laughs> so the servant, so that's what we know that all this that transpired was spiritual because there was a lot of prayer involved, right? So, so we we know that that those two was meant to be together. If you don't mind, let me expound upon what uh, uh, Sister Adney uh, uh, brought to our attention. That really shows you the depth and the power of a woman or a wife for her to, you know, become his wife. But then almost, you know, it's as if she became a substitute mother. 
for her to move into that category or into that area of Isaac's life and provide comfort uh, in that way, it really speaks to the beauty and the power and the depth of a woman, of a wife and God's standard. You see what I'm saying? That man, trust me, (laughs) and you kind of alluded to it earlier, uh, Nick, you know, um, he didn't necessarily say, whoa, this is woman like Adam did. But trust me, you, you, you got the same sentiments. You got the same sentiments there. And, and, and there's a there's a oneness. There's a connection because scripture says, you know, when she saw him, uh, she took her veil and covered herself. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? And then uh, the next scripture says a servant told Isaac all the things he had done. And then Isaac brought her into the tent of Sarah, his mother, and took Rebecca, and she became his wife. I mean, there, there's a deep connection there, uh, um, and 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 there is some love there because the, the scripture says that he loved her, and so you know, for her to be able to comfort him in the way that his mother uh, did, especially after she, you know, she passed. And then for for her to fulfill, you know, the role of being a wife, you know, it's it, it, it speaks to God's design, you know, which is why, I'm, you know, you said it earlier, nigga, I, I don't make no, no, no boast. I, you know, I don't I don't have no shame whatsoever about that thing. man. Uh, they, they are our gift. God knows what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. And so, you know, you are. You're getting your better half when you marry. And you are completing. You understand what I'm saying? There's a completion there that comes about, a, fu- a, 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 a fullness, a fulfillment that comes about uh, when when a man finds a woman. Amen. Oh, amen. All right, we'll stop right there. Again, this episode was good to me. Isaac and his queen. You know, because I can appreciate that because I, I was a married man. And, and Darren, you too. You, you's a married man. <laughs> and at the end, it, it, Better believe still it. Praying for you, Better sis. believe still it. Praying for you. You're, you're right around the corner, sis. <laughs> listen, listen, God, God, God got your Isaac. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. All right, world, there you have it. Isaac, my boy, Isaac. Always remember that Jesus Christ is the Lord of Lords and he's the King of Kings. Yes. That's it for now. But before we go, please continue to listen, subscribe, and share our podcast. Also, if you want to support our show, please scroll down to the bottom of the show notes and click on the link that says buy me a coffee. We would greatly appreciate it. Thank you for listening. And remember, God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. And also, Jesus Christ loves you. Thank you. Wait, there's more. What if today was your last day on earth? Would you be ready to meet your maker? Well, Jesus Christ has given us the good news. He told his disciples in Mark 16, 15, 16, and he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
He who believes and is baptized will be saved, but he who does not believe will be condemned. Jesus Christ has instructed his children to share and preach the gospel, which is the good news, which means that Jesus Christ came and that he was sacrificed. He was buried and he rose on the third day. By believing and by repenting and confessing and being baptized, you will be saved. So it is your choice. Jesus Christ will not force you. You've heard the message. You've heard personal testimonies. But this is your opportunity to give your life to Christ. Don't wait until tomorrow because tomorrow is not promised. So I hope you submit to the will of God and give your soul to Christ. Be blessed.